Davion Harmon is officially a Red Raider. That's a big addition, but it might have had some unintended consequences as Myleek Wilson hits the portal. We're going to talk about both the addition and the subtraction coming up on today's Locked On Texas Tech. For Locked On Texas Tech, your daily podcast on the Texas Tech Red Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome to Locked On Texas Tech, a member of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. Be sure that you are subscribed to our channel if you have not already. I'm Ryan Mainville. He's Emery Lida. Today we've got some movement at the guard spot in Texas Tech basketball, and so we've got to talk about it. Let's kick things off with Davion Harmon. Pretty much the worst kept secret in college basketball for what felt like a couple of months, what was really like a few weeks. Um, Seemed to be some sort of departure coming for him from Oregon after playing one season there. Um, And Texas Tech was in contact with him, had some special permissions granted to be able to do that before he officially hit the portal. Then he officially hit the portal, started having some conversations with, with Mark Adams and some of the other coaches, and his recruitment was very short-lived. He was announced as a Red Raider, and when you're looking at this roster, especially now um, when when you're seeing that you're going to be losing Kevin McCuller and Terrence Shannon Jr., this is a pretty big pickup, and it's a pretty important one. Yeah, you're adding a guy in Davion Harmon that now has more games played in the Big 12 than anyone else on your roster. So in some sense, getting a guy with as much experience starting games as what Harmon has is going to be really important. I mean, obviously, you look back at his time at Oklahoma Tech, played him four different times there. And, I mean, obviously, he's a guard with some strengths and weaknesses at the time. I think his shot wasn't quite as developed as what we saw at Oregon. And just in general, he's a player that you're going to want to have around you, someone that can handle the ball well. He can shoot the ball well. We've seen that now for a couple of seasons where he's been above 33%. And he's obviously got good amount of burst for a guard. I think that's something that Tech might have been lacking last year. And certainly to have a dependable guard on the roster, you didn't really have that with obviously Lamar Washington or Pop Isaacs coming in. Both of those guys are freshmen. You don't really know what you have there. So just in general, having a guy like Harmon to come in that has all the college experience playing high major basketball as he does it's really nice and not only does it add to the experience but also just from a player standpoint he adds the ability to shoot he's a primary ball handler that you know can hit pull up jumpers you can get to the lane the finishing's kind of come and gone over the course of his college career we mentioned that on a previous podcast that he's kind of had his um his struggles at times finishing at the rim but he's also had that be a strong suit at times so he's just got a lot of and versatility to his game and just having him on the roster I think is going to help out a lot and kind of plugs a bit of a hole what that you might have had in terms of just having having a deficiency in ball handlers without McCuller without arms and without Warren coming back yeah well he's a really exciting guy in terms of what he provides for this team because I think a lot of Texas Tech fans stomached the agony of 
uh, lack of guard play last season for for the most part, and it was hard to watch at times. And this is a guy who obviously can create his own shot. He can get to the basket. Maybe not a traditional point guard in, in the way that I think a lot of people would think about it, but a guy that is more than comfortable having the ball in his hands and really just generating the team offense. And, I mean, we could sit here and we could talk about the importance of his experience alone because he is transferring into Texas Tech uh, with the second most minutes played, I believe, to any Texas Tech transfer ever. And the only one that had more was Bryson Williams. And when you go and you look at guys in college basketball who since 2019 to last year have played over 2,700 minutes, have a field goal percentage over 42, a three-point percentage over 34, and a free throw percentage over 72. It's not an exclusive list. There, There's 44 guys on it. But some of the names I, I think will really, really intrigue some Texas Tech fans. You know, we've got Max Abe Smith, Colin Gillespie, Brady Manick, um, Ron Harper, Christian Braun, and then Bryson Williams, Justin Bean, and of course, Davion Harmon. So a guy that's experienced and then a guy that's really familiar at playing at a high level and scoring at an efficient clip. Well, first off, I think you had to get the Justin Bean mention out of this podcast. It's been a little while, so good to hear that he ends up in that quarry. But certainly, I mean, Harmon's... Harmon's a guy that has just so many different aspects of his game, but I feel like you're going to be valuable when it comes to having a reliable guard. Like if you look at the things that Tech struggled with last year, you could say the guards were generally negative three-point shooters with the exception of at times that Honest Arms and Kevin McCuller had their moments. Obviously, whatever you want to classify TJ Shannon, but his late spurt as a three-point shooter came mostly as a spot-up guy. And so he Harmon adds in that pull-up ability. He's got the burst that I feel like McCuller and to some degree Davion Warren kind of lacked. And obviously Adonis Arms had that burst, but he also compounded that with a little bit of out of control in this. I don't really have that same level of concern with Davion Harmon. He's played enough minutes as a high level and as a ball handler to where I trust that he's going to be under control and composed. And then you add in his defensive ability. He reminds me a lot of kind of your prototypical Baylor guard in that he's someone that is a plus shooter. He can get to the lane effectively. He's never really been a primary ball handler, but has kind of been a complimentary guard in that he can handle the ball. He's not just merely a shooting guard. And defensively, he's he's a hard-nosed on-ball defender that can really kind of be disruptive and certainly not necessarily as pesky as some of the other guys like a Malik Wilson or like a Kevin McCuller. But he's more than competent as an on-ball defender. So he has that on-ball defensive ability, positive shooter, good burst, can finish at the lane, can create for others. Just a well-rounded guard that I feel like Tech hasn't had in a couple of years and I really think is going to be a good addition to this team. And the exciting thing, too, is that there's no adjustment period. The guy that's been playing Power 5 basketball for 91 games now. He he's been here. He's done this. He he's played two seasons in the Big 12. He knows what it's like. He understands the athleticism and physical nature that the Big 12 contains and there's just it's really hard not to be optimistic about what this guy can do because he's already proven it at such a high level and I love the way that you kind of threw out that Baylor guard comp. I mean, plus year last year far his year 36 7% from deep on four attempts per game. 
Texas Tech w- would take that in a heartbeat. Um, that is something that they sorely, sorely missed last year. He's a proven free throw shooter, um, a, a pretty decent rebounder for his size. I, I think he's 6'2", he, and he feels like he's still got a little bit of room for improvement there if he can kind of uh, just go down and, and bang around if that's something he wants to do. I, I think he could have kind of a, a Kyler Edwards junior year jump if that's something he wants to do. And then he's almost got a 1.4 assist to turnover ratio in his career. Again, not a guy that's going to average very much assists. You look at his career lines, two assists per game, his freshman and sophomore year, and then 2.1 his junior year. I think he is who he is on that side of the ball at this point, but that is more than okay for Texas Tech to just have a guy that's a plus playmaker. Yeah, and the experience is one thing that I want to come back here to kind of close out my thoughts on Harmon in the sense that when you look at Tech's roster the last few years, it's hard to find guys that have come into the season with 91 career games at a high at a high major level. I mean, obviously, Bryson Williams, Kevin O'Banner, Adonis Ar- or Davion Warren, all of those guys had similar levels of college experience, but they weren't at nearly the same level, obviously. You had guys like Mac McClung come in as a high major transfer, but he didn't he didn't have that amount of games. And then internally, something that I mentioned on the Malik Wilson transfer, which we'll get into in a minute, is that Tech is now is guaranteed to go eight years without having a four-year player in their program. So really the last guard that you saw come through Tech and enter a season with 90 high major games under their belt was Keenan Evans. And that was five seasons ago at this point. Like that's pretty incredible. And obviously I don't want to compare Harmon to Keenan Evans as a player. I think certainly if you look at three years of Davion Harmon versus the first year, three years of Keenan Evans, there's not a whole lot of difference from a statistical resume standpoint. I think it's pretty clear. Keenan was probably a little bit better of a player and certainly they have their different strengths, but in terms of like accomplishments and the amount of sort of experience they have playing heavy minutes, like this is something that you rarely see coming into a season, and certainly a tech is something you haven't seen in a while. So, to get a guy with the level of experience with Harmon on board and someone that has played that many high leverage moments and has played in so many important competitive games, that's a big plus to have. And I think it's the biggest thing that I look forward to with Davion Harmon coming on. Yeah, and Harmon, he, he's a big pickup, and, and Texas Tech will certainly need him on the offensive and defensive ends. Um, but unfortunately, it looks like it might have pushed somebody out of the program. We're going to go into depth on our thoughts on the Malik Wilson departure, but first, a quick word from Built Bar. Summer is coming, and with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Built Bars are the perfect snack to take with you on family vacations. Throw them in your bags and your kid's backpack. Make sure that everyone has a bar so you are fueled for your summer adventures. The best part about Built Bars, they're healthy and delicious. No more sacrificing delicious food for health. With Built Bar, you can have both. And it's easy. All you have to do is go to Built.com and order now. Built has a ton of good flavors like banana cream pie, raspberry, double chocolate, and so many more. They are all delicious and new flavors are coming out all the time. Go to built.com, use promo code LOCK15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCK15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Thanks again for making Locked On Texas Tech 
your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. Just took a look at Davion Harmon, who's coming into the program. But unfortunately, one of our favorite players from last year's Texas Tech team will no longer be a Red Raider, and that is Malik Wilson. You look at the stat profile, and you just look at the raw numbers, and it's easy to you know, think that this might not be a huge loss. 15.2 minutes per game, 2.5 points per game, 1.7 assists, 1.2 steals, 1.7 boards. Not a lot to like there, but when you turn on the film, Malik Wilson is a special defender, elite level to say the least, and we're going to talk about it in our next segment about why this kind of makes sense, but this is a painful loss, our our fandom and our appreciation for Malik Wilson aside. Yeah, this offseason has been brutal for the Locked On Texas Tech Hive developments. I mean, we both obviously love Buzo. I'm a huge Clarkson only guy. Sounds like he's not coming back. Malik Wilson is someone that we both really love based off of the tape. And it's just sad to see him go. That's that's the first part of it, is the personal sentimental value. I mean, I really was looking forward to seeing what Malik Wilson could do this upcoming year. But on the same token, I think that it's just important to note that there's a lot that Malik Wilson brings to the table and the defensive end that people seem to overlook. Obviously, got the on-ball disruption. He's certainly someone that can create a lot of steals, can be a real pest on the ball. Off the ball, he makes really quick rotations. He's a lightning-quick processor, and that allows him – people look at his shot-blocking numbers, but I think that stems from just his ability to rotate so quickly and time plays up so well. And you add in kind of the cerebral ability. He's a good communicator. He can do all of these things defensively. He's got, the obviously, the physical attributes. He's, lengthy, he's very lengthy. He's got – really good quick twitch and his ability to kind of change direction fast. So you've got all of the abilities that ha- he has defensively. Offensively, work in progress, certainly. That's something that kind of is what he is. The shot is definitely not there to the degree I think a lot of people were hoping for. Only took 12 threes last season. Only made four total jump shots, including mid-range. But the defense, man, it sucks to be losing that. It really does because – that you're not going to find a player that's as good defensively as Malik Wilson. I don't care how good Mark Adams' system is, how much it seems like it's plug or play. There's a difference between guys that are just simply good defenders and guys that are literally top three in the nation from a rate stat standpoint and a per minute standpoint and from a BPM standpoint. So losing Wilson sucks on the defensive end, but I guess it is what it is. Speaking of a tough, even just season, Remember the dark car, man? Oh, God. That seems like three years ago at this point. Man, Sardar Calhoun. What what could have been if Got he had... Got derailed so fast. If he had made a single, a single jump shot. That's all I needed to do. But Malik Wilson, man, I, I think you explained it well. The defensive ability speaks for itself. And the numbers that he put up in terms of a rate stat standpoint are absurd. Uh, the efficiency and the ability that he played on on the defensive end when he was on the court was extraordinary, like something that college basketball has not seen in, in a couple of years. And I'm not 
I'm not over exaggerating. Like I, I've tweeted about this a couple of times and I, I would read the stats that I tweeted, but I don't have access to my account right now. But um, just in terms of the way that he disrupted plays and provided uh, box score impact on the defensive end was really rare. And to lose that, it, it, it hurts, you know. Um, but I feel like you explained it well in terms of the fact that the offense was a work in, in process and he just was not going to have the flexibility to kind of work through the kinks that he had at Louisiana. I mean, you look at his usage at Louisiana a year before and it was at 21.4%. It gets to Tech and it's down to 11.8. So you just don't really have the opportunities to play through him, um, which is a bummer for him because I don't think that it gives him the chance to kind of work through some of those offensive issues. But at the same time, it's understandable. And you can't tailor your offense around one guy at at a high-level program just to make it uh, excusable for him to be on the court on defense. But uh, the the portal is kind of interesting. And we've had so many like episodes where we're talking about frustrating additions to the transfer portal. I'm really excited to see what the list of suitors looks like for Malik Wilson. Like, I feel like he's a guy whose defensive abilities can draw high level program interest and he's going to have no shortage of interest if he, if, you know, programs turn on the tape, but I could also see him, you know, ending up at, at the Bonnie's or like some big E school and, and just doing his thing, man. And so I'm excited to kind of follow his recruitment throughout this off season and just see where he lands. Cause I think he's going to be a good player no matter what his role is next year. Yeah, I'm in agreement with that. I think that depending on the program that he ends up with and the amount of sort of freedom they give him and sort of the defensive system they run, you could be talking about Malik Wilson as putting up one of the best defensive seasons we've seen since a guy like Matisse Dybul or Briante Weber came to town. I don't think that's hyperbole to say because the ability that he showed at Tech and the defensive ability in both on the ball and off the ball was ridiculous and certainly offensively he's a very flawed player he can't shoot very well he can't really finish at an elite level certainly he's got okay bursts and his playmaking I feel like got overlooked at times but certainly not someone that you're going to be wanting to give heavy ministry as a primary ball handler giving those shooting deficiencies so it's going to be interesting interesting to see where he ends up because I could see a really good program kind of taking a little bit of a shot on him because if the offense improves a little bit, you know defensively you're not going to have anyone on the roster that's better than Malik Wilson. And you know that if you can find a way to fit him in offensively and you can find a way to make kind of mask some of his deficiencies, then you have a really impactful defensive player that you can be adding late in the offseason that can kind of play alongside any sort of lineup really and sort of be able to play well because he's that good with on and off the ball. So there there's value there, or you could see him going to a little bit of a lesser program, kind of being the main guy playing a lot of minutes. Certainly offensively, I don't think regardless of the level he plays that his numbers are going to jump off the page, but defensively he could put up some absolutely monster stats in the A-10 or in a conference of that, of that stat or of that stature, just because of his ability to, be so aggressive and replay so well. I think that statistically he's going to be one of the best defenders in the nation if he gets enough minutes. And from a pure tape standpoint, I would say that it backs that up as well. So there's a couple of different approaches to, to that. I'm interested to see where he ends up. I certainly could see it going either way. And 
regardless, whoever gets Malik Wilson is going to have a really good addition to their program. Imagine him at like Tennessee, man. That that would be pretty gnarly. Oh God! Alongside the five foot nine dude they have. Yeah. What's is Zeger or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, that those two would make for one of the peskiest on-ball duos in the nation that I can remember. Yeah, well, I don't think that they're on Tech's non-con schedule for next year, so Thankfully. why not, Malik Wilson? Do whatever might, you want. We're here might for be a, it. That might be a 40-36 to 36 type of game if that ever happens. We hope so. <laughs> well, we almost witnessed it last year anyways, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, all right. Well, sometimes the breakups are mutual. Was this one? Well, we'll give our thoughts. But first, want to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders the parts on their computer? choosing the only brand their warehouse happens to carry. You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and phones in your pocket. You're going to save time and money when you use Rock Auto. Rock Auto is also a family business serving do-it-yourself customers for over 20 years. Rock Auto's prices are reliably low for every customer. So go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Right, locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, so by all accounts, uh, Malik Wilson was interested in being a Red Raider for the 2022-23 season, was practicing with the team, was getting some shout-outs on the team accounts, um, was heavily in contact with the coaching staff, and then you begin to get these mumblings that Davion Harmon is going to enter the program. Things get a, a little awkward there. And Malik Wilson hits the portal a couple of days after Harmon's uh, decision is announced. Now, obviously, correlation causation, nobody can know for sure. But I do think that there's probably some reality behind this. And the fact that Malik Wilson was probably on the outside looking in when it came to the guard rotation in terms of what Harmon can do, what Demarion Williams can do, and then even Pop Pop Isaacs. It, it was just going to be difficult for him to assume a lot of those primary ball handling minutes if that's what he wanted to do with his next year of college eligibility. So, you know, it sucks to say, but I get it. And I think the thing is, too, is that a lot of people will look at Mark Adams and say uh, he's a defensive head coach. He's going to prioritize getting and retaining the best defensive talent that he can. And here's the thing with that. Mark Adams' system is so good that even when you have an elite-level defender like Malik Wilson... Sometimes you have to trade defense for offense and, and just hope that your system can survive that. And, like, again, it sucks because Wilson is truly an elite-level talent. But I think allowing the offense 
to kind of gain the recruiting upside and just hope that your defensive system does what it has proven to do. I think that's a really good strategy by Mark Adams. And that's coming from a guy that really didn't want to see Malik Wilson go. I think it's a good coaching strategy and a good decision by Williams Wilson. Yeah. I'm honestly conflicted about this. And I think that it's taken me a day or so to kind of just think it through because on one hand, Wilson's defensive ability, like I mentioned earlier, that's something that you straight up won't be able to replace. Like you look down the rest of the roster and there's really only a couple of different aspects or traits that you could say are irreplaceable over the course of a season. Obviously you'll get Kevin O'Banner's three point shooting from a big, it's going to be really hard to find that in the portal. And certainly you're going to someone that has that level of sort of experience as a stretch for you're going to it's going to be hard to replace Bryson Williams's post ability from last year um it's going to be hard to sort of replicate Amax ability to get the or to get rebounds and averaging over 13 a game in the last two seasons like those are abilities that you can't just find every day in the portal Malik Wilson's defense is on that tier if not better than some of those traits and to be outright losing a guy like that hard to overcome from you're get in the sense that there is an aspect of your team that will undoubtedly be worse. And so you're looking at it from a trade-off standpoint. And like you, I think that on that front, it could be worthwhile. You certainly, by having Wilson go, you now have a guard rotation full of guys that have shown potential to be positive shooters. Obviously you've got Davion Norman who has a lot of experience at a high, at a high major level can kind of do it all for you. It's not like a Mac McClung situation where I feel like you're bringing in a guy who's a net liability on defense. So it's not going to be that big of a drop-off. I mean, again, Malik Wilson was an elite-level defender. You're not going to get that with Davion Harmon, but what you could get is a guy that is a good defender that can provide so much value offensively that it's worthwhile. And then furthermore, it gives you more scholarship flexibility. Obviously, you can go out and attack more guys in the portal you can sort of look at some of the wing deficiencies that you now kind of have because because of not having tj shannon or kevin mccullough coming back so i think that at the end of the day i really don't like having to play this sort of game with the roster because i mean malik wilson's a guy that i want to see playing for tech and i think his game is a really really intriguing case study in terms of how effective an elite level defender that's a net zero offense can end up how useful he can be. And I mean, I enjoyed watching him play. So from a bias standpoint, it sucks to see him go from a team building standpoint. I think there's an avenue where it could be the right move. I don't think that it's going to be something that we're going to know right away. And I feel like his level of defense is good enough that you have to say that it's going to be a trade-off one way or the other, but Mark Adams, we trust. This is not something that's new. I mean, you had this, you had something vaguely similar happen back in 2018 with Josh Webster leaving the program. And obviously there was some differences there. And Josh Webster, I would say, is not the player that Malik Wilson is. But I think that flexibility worked out for you in the long run, even though, again, Webster was a player that was by all accounts entrenched in the program. And we'll have to see how it goes because it's too early to tell. But certainly I think Malik is going to be a good addition to wherever he ends up next. I think Tech is going to utilize that extra scholarship to good use in the portal. Yeah, and I think it's even personal bias aside, it's perfectly fair to be conflicted about this. Like, at the end of the day, 
this is an educated risk that Mark Adams is taking here. I, I don't think it's a gamble because the system has proven to be so good, but it's an educated risk. You're banking on the fact that you're going to need offense more than you'll need defense next season. And I agree with you. Like, it's hard to just stomach the fact that you're losing truly like a 95th percentile defender in college basketball. Like, that's not a guy that's easily let go of, especially the way that he kind of existed in the system and contributed towards it. But, um, like, I I think it is a risk that will pay off. And you're right. Like, only time will tell. And it'll take a while, like, probably till the end of next season before we know, like, Hey, that was a good trade-off. Now, I don't think it's as simple as saying, uh, you know, Davion Harmon or or Malik Wilson. I don't think it comes down to that. I think it just comes down to, hey, how did your offense look? Did did you need the extra playmakers? Did you need space for offensive players over defensive players? Did you need shot makers more than you needed defenders? I think those kind of questions will arise and be answered as the season goes on, but. Yeah, I mean, it's an educated risk for Mark Adams. I don't think it's a super, I don't think it has like a very low floor. Like it it doesn't feel like a very high ceiling move. Like retaining Malik Wilson feels like a pretty high ceiling move because if he can turn into a good offensive player, then you've got an all caliber guy on your team. But if Malik Wilson remains who he is, then then essentially you're you're using a scholarship spot on a guy that's going to be last in your rotation because he was last year and and it looks like the guard spot will be just as competitive this year. So yeah, uh kind of like a low ceiling, low floor move. I don't think there's a ton of payoff here for Mark Adams, but I do think it's a good way for him to do his best to prevent getting burned in a game where he just needs offense at the guard spot. Yeah, I will say the only thing that's going to make the sting is if Tech doesn't make good use of the scholarship that they gain from this. Because, I mean, put it simply, you're now putting your cards on the table and being able to find, at a minimum, another guard or wing that can really sort of play to the rotation. We talked about this, I believe it was last week on an episode when we were talking about sort of if Kevin McCord and TJ Shannon both decide to leave, do does Tech still need to go after another guard? And the answer was a rounding, resounding yes. Now you take... Malik Wilson out of the equation and obviously you add Davion Harmon back into it which we didn't fully know at that point even though it was pretty obvious and now I think the answer still needs to be yes so you still need to find another ball handler or wing that can at minimum be versatile and provide offensive value and if you don't use that scholarship if you use it on a project guy someone that's not going to be in your rotation then I think that sort of brings the it already brings the gamble towards a resounding no. Did it work out as the answer being no? Because, I mean, Malik Wilson, someone you still have two years of eligibility left. It's not like he's going to be someone that you can't use following next year. And you brought him in with three years of eligibility remaining after his stint at Louisiana with the intention of him not being a one-and-done type of guy. So, I mean, this is closing the book on the Malik Wilson era and a little bit earlier than expected. And so if you can't replace that this year, and obviously Tech has used that open scholarship in the past to get guys like Jalen Tyson in or get guys like Andre Saversov or Kevin McCuller, but it's an uncomfortable position to be in. And it's one of those things where, like, it's probably the 
first move I would say that Tech has made, or Malik Wilson, obviously it was mutual, kind of a mutual decision, but it's the first time this offseason where I would genuinely say, like, I'd have to think a lot about how I would do my roster construction because I do think that there's very much something to be said about how the ceiling is probably higher with Malik Wilson on this team than otherwise. And so you're willingly kind of subtracting a little bit from your ceiling in the present with the hope that you can find someone better in the portal. And that's kind of the way the game has been this year. It's worked out for tech in the past in the portal, but it's certainly a risk that is going to be taken. And it's one that you, you mentioned was kind of a high floor, low ceiling type of move. But I also think that in a way that if this backfires on you, you're not only lowering the floor, you're also lowering the ceiling. So we'll see. It's all going to come come down to how tech ends up using that scholarship spot and how the roster fits together next year. But regardless, it'll be fun to watch. It'll be entertaining. And I mean, beyond that, I also think it's going to be entertaining to see where Malik Wilson ends up and how he ends up playing because it's gonna, he's just a fun player to watch. One way they could use that scholarship is on a four-year double-digit scorer from the infamous Putnam Science Academy, Kyle Lofton, former uh, St. Bonaventure four-year perennial starter, has started 116 career games. Texas Tech is in contact. This feels like a move that I'm interested in watching. Emery, give me your thoughts on one minute or less. Yeah, I mean, I think Lofton's a proven player that you're going to have. I mean, you want to talk about primary ball handler. He has three years' worth of experience as basically being the guy that was a PBH at St. Bonaventure. Obviously got a good physical body. But most importantly, I mean, he's from Food and Science Academy. Is it really a tech roster if you don't have at least one guy coming from there? And obviously a little bit of a different mold than the past ones being projects. But certainly, I mean, I'm excited to see our good Connecticut friends being represented again potentially. Isn't uh isn't Demarion Williams also a Putnam guy? Oh, he is. I just remember yeah, that. Man. Yeah, so that'd be two. Let's keep the pipeline hot, though. Yeah. Let's keep it going. Come on. I think we skipped a year or two there, so we might as well make up for it now. That's right. Well, thank you everybody for tuning in to our discussion on the guard spot. I think that this Texas Tech roster is coming together in a very intriguing way. A lot of unknowns. Um, but we will be here to break down every single move that happens. Be sure that you are subscribed to our feeds wherever you get podcasts and that you are subscribed to our YouTube channel. Uh, follow Emery on Twitter at Eraser41. Don't follow me right now. Um, and don't follow me until Twitter support decides to do their job and help me out here. Unless you want to look at crypto ads. Yeah, if you want to buy some really fake NFTs and, and lose access to your account, then you should absolutely follow me on Twitter at LBK. But you absolutely should subscribe to the at Locked On Texas Tech podcast Twitter account at Locked On TTU. No NFTs or any funny business there, just links to our most recent episodes. So you never miss it whenever we've got good content fresh on the feeds. Until our next episode, thanks for making Locked On Texas Tech your first listen every day. Now make your second listen Locked On Big 12. Emery's on there all the time. Get all your daily Big 12 news in less than 30 minutes with Big 12 expert Josh Neighbors, good friend of the show. It's free and available on all platforms just like us. Uh, Thanks for listening. We'll see you tomorrow.